Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. St. Francis Borgia Francis Borgia. Any relation to the infamous Borgias? Yes. But if one branch of Borgias broke heaven's design, then surely another branch repaired it. A reparation begun by St. Francis' grandmother, the Duchess of Gandia, and her daughter, who both renounced the world to become poor Clares, and culminated by St. Francis Borgia. From childhood, St. Francis yearned to embrace monastic life, a yearning that his father, Duke of Gandia, nipped by sending the 17-year-old Francis to the court of his cousin, Emperor Charles V. A sad day to the youthful Lord Francis, but an unforgettable one. For it was on that day Francis first set eyes on Ignatius of Loyola. In wonderment, Francis watched as the crowds mocked and taunted Ignatius and his companions on their way to prison, charged with heresy. But as Francis swept by, surrounded by a brilliant cavalcade, he felt drawn to the eyes of Ignatius. For a moment, their eyes met, and then each passed on his appointed way. Now, in the year of our Lord, 1543, Francis saw himself in Barcelona as Viceroy of Catalonia. 
tiredly walking home in the sleep-quiet streets, he heard and saw again in his mind's eye the fearless figure of Ignatius, standing in his coarse gray tunic, impervious to the mockery of the crowds. Hey, soldiers of Jesus! Jesuits! Now, thought Francis, Los Ensacados, the people in Saxe, have the dignity of an order with Father Ignatius in Rome as its general. And he wondered why men mocked these soldiers of Jesus. And as his eyes glanced from heaven to earth, he saw a light in his window, and he knew that his beloved wife, Eleanor, waited up for him. Francis? Francis, is that you? Eleanor. What are you doing up at this late hour? I could ask the same of you. Oh, I stopped to speak to Father Anthony. I can't begin to tell you what a deep spiritual kinship I feel for him. You know, Francis, you are a Jesuit at heart. Would you like to become one in fact? My beloved... <laughs> With you by my side, I don't want to become anything except a better man. Doing the Lord's work the layman's way. But there aren't enough hours in the day to do all you're trying to do. I think I'm succeeding a little. <coughs> go to bed, please, my dear. That cold worries me. I'll go to bed. If you promise you won't sit at your desk until dawn. But I've got to read the decisions of the judges. To make sure they administer justice impartially. I've got to draw up plans for new school buildings and seminaries. The days have so many interruptions, oh, my Oh, they dear. wouldn't. If you didn't insist on personally seeing everyone and anyone, debtors, beggars, sick, poor, surely you could delegate this authority to someone else. I wouldn't, Eleanor, even if I could. But why? It would lighten your day. I'd worry about all those that might have been turned away. <coughs> Besides, Eleanor, I'm afraid of delegating authority. It makes a man the judge of who shall be helped and who shall not be. Too often he develops a, a God complex that acts in reverse of all that's godlike. He becomes cold, authoritarian, cruel, almost inhuman. But you can't be judge, father, and protector of the people. You're only one man. Now, please, go to bed and get some rest. And don't worry about me. You've aged ten years since your viceroyalty appointment. And you, my beloved, look as young and as beautiful as the first day I met you. And I want you to stay that way. So good night. Good rest. And God keep you. Father Anthony. Good morning, my lord. Oh, please, father. No titles. What 
would you like me to call you? Brother Francis? I'd like nothing better. Oh, forgive me. I see you're busy. Uh, a sermon. I'm to give it at the seminary tomorrow, but uh, it's about finished. Won't you sit down? Uh, thank you. You've come from Mass and Communion? Yes. The criticism of some of our theologians doesn't seem to bother you. Well, it did at first, especially when they said it was presumptuous of a layman like me, concerned in the affairs of the world, to receive the body of our Lord so often. Uh, there's always someone to challenge us when we depart from the traditional. Yes, I suppose. But Father Ignatius is of the opinion that frequent communion is the best means to cure disorders of our souls and to raise them to perfect virtue. Then you heard from him? Yes. Last week, before I went to visit my father. How is the Duke? Why, that's what I've come to talk to you about. I leave for Gandia today. Your father is dying? I'm afraid so. And you will be the new Duke of Gandia? Yes. Oh, I shall miss the people of Catalonia. And they shall miss you even more. Father, it's those people I wish to talk to you about now. I've drawn up a list of their names. They're going to have crises, some severe ones, in the months to come. I know. Here is a list of their names and the money each is to receive. Will you see, as their needs arise, that they get it? I'm afraid if I give it to them now, all in one lump, they'll... You understand the weakness of man. It's hard, Father, for a man to be strong when he has nothing, and never has had anything. Your Grace, you're truly a remarkable man. In God's language, man has no titles except brother. Yes, and we're our brother's keeper. I'll carry out your instructions. God bless you. And Godspeed. As Duke of Gandia, Francis encouraged the recently approved Society of Jesus. In addition to founding a Jesuit convent in Gandia, he also built a Dominican college in Lombardy, repaired the hospital, and busied himself from sunup until sundown with the care of his people. But to none did he give more faithful care than to his dying wife. Francis? Francis? Eleanor, my beloved, I thought you'd never wake up. Have I been asleep long? All time is long since your illness. Oh, you're going to get well, aren't you? If it is God's will. What's the matter? Why do you stare like that? Don't leave me, beloved. Don't leave me. Not yet. If it is his will for me to die and you to live, there must be a purpose in his design. There always is. Only the children, what will they do without you? They'll have you to love and guide them. And then when they're old enough to spread their own wings... Yes. Well, then you can spread yours and fly at long last from a world you never wanted into the world of the church. Oh. 
but I'm afraid I don't qualify. I, who have known the love of you and my children. Then you have forgotten the Gospels and the words of St. John, who tells us God is love. And he who dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Still, I'm an unlikely candidate for the priesthood. Yet you have lived a holy life. You've devoted your life to others. Well, I've had the wealth and the titles to do oh, it with. So do others, and yet they do nothing. Except intrigue for more wealth and more titles. Well, that's because they can't see that their accumulations only add to the gilded tortures of their lives. You see so much, my husband. Yet you're blind to your own worthiness. No man is worthier of the name father or to wear the habit of the priest. For you are pure in heart, and the purity shines through. So go. Go, my husband. It is time to prepare yourself. For I go too. Soon. Very soon. Very soon. Francis recovered from the shock of his wife's death. He devoted himself to easing the grief of his children. Step by step, he led them back into the sunshine of life that belongs to youth. Not until then did he begin to make plans that he now discussed with Father Anthony as they sat by the fountain in the ducal garden. Father, as you well know... There is no life I yearn to embrace more than that of an itinerant Jesuit preacher. It's a hard life you've chosen. The society is in need of teachers, too, in its colleges. And as a teacher, you won't have to be dependent upon the arms of others as an itinerant preacher. At times, you won't even have a roof over your head. Heaven will be my roof. The hardships give me no concern. It's my children and my other obligations that I'm duty-bound to fulfill before I can answer the call. How long do you think this will take? About four years. The children will be old enough then. I plan to send my petition of admittance to Father Ignatius. A duke turned Jesuit will be the sensation of the day. I'm not interested, Father, in creating a sensation. I know, my son. But it will stir the imagination of the people. But there are formalities I must adhere to before I can take this step. I must get the emperor's permission to turn over my titles and estates to my eldest son. And I must get a brief from the Pope, which will allow me to spend four years in the world after taking my first vows, so that I might fulfill my obligations as a father and as a subject of the emperor, as well as a guardian of my people. I know that Father Ignatius and the Pope will honor you for your consideration. Then I will write to him this day. A day that I'm sure the world will someday bless. While Francis awaited Father Ignatius' formal reply, he crowded his days with study, with prayer, penance, and the care and instruction of his children. And... You, my eldest son, as the next Duke of Gandia, 
You will bear the responsibility of... Come in. Father Anthony, you have news for me? Yes, the communication from Rome. At last, at long last. Oh, thank you, Father. And now, if you will excuse me... If you take it to the chapel to read and give thanks. I excuse you, my son. Thank you, Father Anthony. With what great joy, my son, I welcome you. The Pope approves your remaining in the world until you have fulfilled your obligations. And I congratulate you on using this time to study and to take the degree of doctor. In due time, Father Anthony will receive your first vows in the Ducal Chapel. church, you are now Brother Francis, though in the eyes of the world, you are still Duke of Gandia. But not much longer, Father Anthony. I've only to wait for the Emperor's permission to make over my estates and titles to my son Charles. And when I receive it... Yes? I will go to Rome and throw myself at the feet of the saintly Ignatius to do his command. I'm afraid, my son... You're not even going to complete your noviceship if you don't take better care of your body. This sinful body is of no concern. But it is the concern of your creator who gave you both soul and body. And it is to him you will have to give good account of both. For his sake, you should not weaken it. I weaken it to make my soul and spirit strong. How can this sinful body contemplate teaching and preaching spiritual perfection to others? Without its own purification. Not by destroying your health. If Father Ignatius were here, he'd tell you that a sound mind and a sound body is the most useful instrument in serving God. You'll need all your bodily strength for the years of hardship ahead. So preserve it. Preserve it. In 1551... A scant five years after his wife's death, the 40-year-old Duke of Gandia shaved his head and beard and put aside his royal raiment to wear the coarse habit of the Jesuit. And now he who gave of his riches depended upon alms for bread and straw for a bed. And everywhere he went with his bell, calling the people to God, and the children to catechism. His great humility left an aura of saintliness and a revitalized faith behind him. From Spain, he traveled to Porto, and his fame traveled before him. My brothers and my sisters and all my children, come you, make way for the saint! There he is, Juan, my son, St. Francis Borgia. Remember, always you have seen a saint. Quiet, quiet, hear the saint speak. My brothers, 
You do me honor, I ill deserve. Hell and not heaven is my due. Sinner and not saint is my only title. Only a man of God, only a true saint would say that. My brothers, I repeat, I am not worthy. Hell is my due. And men and even dumb animals should cry it out after me. I try to humble myself in spirit at the feet of Judas, but I feel unworthy to approach even this traitor whose feet were washed by the Savior. I humbly beseech you to consecrate your mind and will to the service of the Creator under the leadership of Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid. Nor the lightning strike will harm you. Seek with the aid of divine grace the salvation and perfection of your own soul. The sun is trying to shine. And labor with your neighbor for the salvation and perfection of his soul. The sun does shine. The earth stands still. But then to honor him further, the king of Portugal petitioned the pope to make him a cardinal. In distraction, Father Francis wrote to Father Ignatius, who replied thus. You ask, my son, can you in conscience oppose the desire of the Pope to make you a cardinal? In conscience, you may pronounce the solemn vows which will bind you to refuse such dignities, save at the formal command of the Pope, who I know loves you much too well to cause you this distress. As for definite news of my health, I must answer in truth that it fails me. Father Lainez will doubtlessly be elected to succeed me. I know he will have your loyalty and devotion as you have his. God bless you, my son. God bless you, Father Ignatius. And soon the years of Father Francis' teaching and preaching came to an end. Father Lainez recalled him to Rome as vicar general. And when the Pope sent Father Lainez to the Council of Trent, Father Francis took over his duties as general. On the death of Father Lainez, he was formally elected to that office. So great was the progress of the Jesuits under his government that he has sometimes been called its second founder. Father Pedro, hmm? will you stop that drumming? 
Now, how do you expect me to concentrate on this curriculum? I don't. That's why I keep drumming. I want you to go to bed. What time is it? It was after three. I've got to finish this work. Isn't it enough that you've established new houses and colleges in over a dozen provinces without personally concerning yourself with their direction and curriculum? No, hardly enough. Now, please, go to bed so I can finish this? Not tonight, General. Uh, Father Pedro, now, now you know how I hate that title. Take your choice. Either I sit here drumming and calling you General... Or you go to bed. Do you think you're made of iron that you can expose yourself all day to the pestilent fever that rages in Rome? I will not ask my brothers to do what I will not do myself. No. Nor would you expect of others all that you expect of yourself, General. Uh. <laughs> all right. I give up. You win. <laughs> Good night, Father Pedro. And my right hand. Good night, Father. After five years of unremitting toil, illness forced him to try to resign. A resignation his brothers would not accept. And then the Pope sent him on a goodwill embassy with Cardinal Bonelli to the courts of Europe. And everywhere, the crowds clamored to hear this living saint. But the fatigue he suffered on this long trip was too much for his frail body. Two days after he returned to Rome, his 22 years in the service of Jesus Christ came to an end. A glorious end. A recognized saint in his own lifetime and one of the patron saints whose name is invoked against earthquakes. St. Francis Borgia. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greenwood for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. 
please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.